Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's going on, practitioners? How we doing? Hope y'all are doing well. What's up? Um, we are starting a new... Well, we finished up talking about um, lament. And as we're coming into Easter, uh, Kel and I thought that it would be important to have the conversation about preparing your heart for Easter. Um, and just like in a very emotional way, how do we approach this, this very special time for us as Christians? Yeah. Well, if you've been around any high church traditions, you will have heard of something called Lent. Um, and Lent is kind of this journey. It's a journey of preparing your heart for the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, which in most low church traditions, we don't really do a good job of talking about the other main days of Holy Week. Yeah. I mean, so we all do Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. Palm Sunday is when Jesus enters the city for Holy Week. Yeah. Um, we do Maundy Thursday. And Maundy Thursday is when Jesus celebrates Passover with mm-hmm. the disciples. Yep. He's arrested later that evening in the Garden of Gethsemane. And then he's put on trial and crucified on Friday. We call it Good Friday. Mm -hmm. It's a little unfortunate we call it Good Friday. It is good, right? Obviously, you need Jesus to die in order to resurrect. And so it's good in that way. But calling it Good Friday and giving everybody that Friday off work takes away the bitterness of that moment. Yeah, I guess I've never thought about it that way. Well, it's my same complaint about when we do communion and we use grape juice instead of wine. Yeah. The bitterness of the wine is supposed to remind you of the bitterness of the sacrifice. Yeah. The trauma that Jesus endured. Mm. Um, we try to take all that out of it. Yeah. Mm. We have tried to take all, of, not we as Wellhouse, we as modern contemporary Christians have tried to take all of that out of it. Yeah. We don't really do that. We don't. I mean, heck, it's a great example. Uh, we call it Good Friday. Yeah. I, I it should really be called the Friday of Trauma. Well, and there has... So I I went to a passion play for an Easter Sunday. Um, I'm being very non-descriptive yeah. on purpose. I get that. Um. They completely left out the resurrection. Um, and it ended on the crucifixion. Which kind of shows the the misinterpreted way that we should view the crucifixion. Correct. This, this well, whole Good Friday thing that you're talking about. The crucifixion isn't the, the, the big main thing that we should be looking at here. No, it's resurrection. 
1 Corinthians 15. It is resurrect. We are here because of the resurrection. But, I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense why we have this over sure. hyper-realization on the cross. Because we think that the antagonist to our story is sin. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. We focus on the cross because the cross takes it's, care of sin. Which is our our debt to God. If that's how you want to read you the wanna, story. If, if that's how you look at the story, yeah. it is our debt to God and our debt is now forgiven. I don't need the resurrection. I don't need it. Yeah. If you view the story as the antagonist of the story not being sin, but being death, which is really the problem, mm-hmm. go back to Genesis 2, yeah. um, eating the tree, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is death. Yeah. Death is the thing that we don't want. Death is the thing that's opposite of God. You will surely die if you eat of that fruit. Correct. Death is the problem. Um, but if you make sin the problem, which is what low church evangelicals have done, and part of it is because, once again, I'm very convinced, power narratives, um, I can sit on my throne, my high horse, and if sin is the problem, I can judge people for sin I don't have. Yeah. And I can be a religious zealot. I can be self-righteous because I can judge people for sin that I don't have that I claim is worse than them mm-hmm. through some ambiguous reason. Mm-hmm. If you make the antagonist of our story death, you cannot do those things. Mm. You cannot be that person. Yeah, And you cannot leave out the resurrection. If you have a substitutionary atonement theory, which is like Jesus took my place on the cross, you really don't need the resurrection. Yeah. If you have a Christus victor atonement mm. theory, which is not what I have, that Christ is the victory over death, you need the resurrection. And so when you have this idea that the antagonist of the Christian story is sin... Go ahead. I just thought about something that I'm going to come back to. If you have this idea that the antagonist of the Christian story is sin, then it totally makes sense why you'd focus on the cross. It's it's like it's yeah. all you need. It's that functional deism thing. Well, it is. The other thing that it is is by focusing on the cross um, in this way, I don't, man, I don't want to say what I really want to say. Um, Screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. It's the most narcissistic reading of... Okay, thank you for saying that. It is the most narcissistic reading of the crucifixion. It It absolutely is. It is me, a person of power, with the ability to interpret a text and set traditions, in which point I have decided I don't want to feel what needs to be felt in this moment. Yeah. And so we're going to change this. We're going to make the problem sin, and this is going to be the moment of victory, not the moment of despair when we doubt. Yeah. It is on Black Saturday that, or it is on Black Saturday where people doubt. Mm. Doubt that Jesus was truthful in what he said. (laughs) Doubt that he will be raised. And do, do we as overall large 
Capital C Church lament over that? No, we don't lament over anything in the Capital C Church. Exactly. That is something that we should probably lament over. And we should lament over so many things. I don't disagree with you at all. We, we should probably lament over the fact that people denied the Messiah and put him on that cross. While it needed to happen, it was still a horrible thing. Yeah, I mean... It, it's terrible. He gets beaten with a cat of nine tails. His capillaries bust. He's sweating blood. He has to carry his cross... They put a crown of thorns on him. He was bled dry. Like, this is a terrible sight. But then he comes back. And then, boom. Stories changes, man. Yeah. Change the game. So with this... How how do you walk down these roads and prepare yourself for Easter? Well, number one, Maundy Thursday. We are not going to do a Maundy Thursday this year because I'm going to do a lot on um, Good Friday. Spoiler alert, um, I'm doing a creative retelling contemplative Good Friday service of the re- of the crucifixion scene. It will be dope. Um, but Maundy Thursday is where Holy Week really begins after Palm Sunday, um, which people don't even really count Palm Sunday. I mean, I didn't even do anything for it yesterday or on Sunday, um, which is what it was. Um, I don't know. Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus enters the city and people show him honor. Yeah. So it's definitely, I mean, we can't just overlook it, but it's very important. It's very important. Maundy Thursday is when Jesus celebrates Passover with his disciples. It's also a very interesting moment that we shouldn't so easily overlook either because it's in that moment that Jesus identifies Judas as his betrayer. Yeah. Um... And that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, that's a can you imagine? That's a very um, heartfelt moment. Mm. And then Clayton, what do you remember about Jesus's trial scene, or what do you remember about what, his arrest? So his arrest. Oh my God! So the whole thing is incredible. They're in the garden. They're praying, or Jesus is praying. The disciples are sleeping. <laughs> Like, there's a lot happening there, um, or a lot of n- nothing happening there. Jesus comes up, reprimands them for sleeping when they should be praying. He does that three times. And he does it three times. And then the guards show up, try to arrest him. Peter freaks out, chops home dude's ear off, and then... Jesus, even in knowing what is about to come, knowing that the cup cannot be passed from him in his own words, um, heals this man that's trying to arrest him. Yeah. Once again, just proving that 
A, Jesus is fundamentally good. B, this needed to happen. And C, let's flip the power narrative. It is that. Uh, what happens after that? Do you remember? Um, doesn't it jump to the trial? Yep. Before um, Caiaphas. They, so some really sketchy things happen in Jesus' trial. Um, I don't remember all the details, but I remember like there's some sketchy things happening there. Uh, well, long story short, he ends up being put on trial for blasphemy. Um, he's convicted of it in a Jewish court. Blasphemy does not give them the power to kill him. So that's why they take him to Herod. Or, sorry, Pontius Pilate. And that's why Pontius Pilate gives him a second trial. Yeah. And in the Pontius Pilate trial, that's when they bring up Barabbas. Mm-hmm. Say, which one do you want, Jesus or Barabbas? Release Barabbas. Do you remember what Barabbas was arrested for? Wasn't it like three counts of murder or something like that? Well, it doesn't say how many counts it was. But like he, it was for murder for sure. Um, I mean, people probably died for what he did, but he was not arrested for murder. He was charged with insurrection. Oh. Okay. Jesus' Roman charge is insurrection. Claiming to be... God, who did Caesar think he was? Caesar thought he was God. So if a little Jew shows up calling themselves God, is that not insurrection Mm. to a person of power? Fair enough. Jesus is killed for insurrection. Um, Good Friday... I don't think you should think about it as a good day. No. Um, Lent is supposed to prepare you for all of this stuff. And, yeah, Lent's supposed to prepare you for this, leading up to this moment, at which point you spend Saturday in doubt, Mm. just like they did. Because what do they know? Yeah. None of them got it. Jesus told Peter he was going to deny him, and he still didn't believe him. Mm. Thomas didn't believe that he could be resurrected unless he saw him. Yeah. Nobody believed the women except John, who runs his hiney off trying to get there fast. Um, everything about it. is that Sunday's the day of beauty. Mm. Sunday's the day of restoration. And if you make the other days good days, you've missed the freaking point. These are not good days. Um, Christian faith does not have exclusively good days. You can't make every day a good day. Do they exist? Yeah. And you should rejoice in those days. Like Pentecost. Correct. Great. Correct. That is something that 
definitely celebrated. We can call that great. We can call that awesome. All those things. Jesus' crucifixion is not good. No. What I what I would love if we could pull this off. I would love if every family at Wellhouse Church had some kind of communion dinner on Monday Thursday with their family. Um, not real picky about how you do that. Not really big on the disciplines. Um, the way in which that happens. Um, and I wish every family at Wellhouse would participate in our Good Friday service because that will be a very solemn moment it will be a very contemplative um also heads up for anyone it will be graphic storytelling i will talk about the blood i will talk about the thorn the crown of thorns being jammed on his head um it will be graphic so if you don't want your children listening to that here's the heads up i'll also give a heads up in the before the story starts but I want that Friday to be a day of sorrow. And I want it to be, hey, this man that did nothing wrong endured all this pain for me and everybody else that did all the things wrong in this broken world. And I want Saturday to be a day of doubt. I think that's important. Um, the reason I think we don't struggle doubting as much because we haven't realized the death. We haven't embodied the truth that Jesus died and then was raised. Mm. And so I want Saturday to be a day of doubt. I want you to try to put yourself in the position of a first century Jewish follower of Jesus and he just died yesterday. A man that you've been following for three years, who you called Messiah, who you thought was going to enact the rest restoration of a nation of Israel. And he just died yesterday. One of the most horrific ways that you could picture. And I don't know what to do. Because I put all my eggs in his basket. Mm. I put everything I had in his basket. And he died. And so I sit in Saturday, I sit on Black Saturday in doubt, in doubt of what could happen, in doubt of what will happen, in doubt of what tomorrow holds. And I wake up on Easter morning to the beautiful sound of women running back from the tomb, preaching the first message of the good news. The tomb is empty. Jesus is gone. What happened? So now I'm in a moment of panic. What happened? Did the Romans steal his body? Why would they take it? Where is he? The women, who nobody listens to, are shouting. He's risen. He's raised. We saw him. Nobody else gets to see him. Got people like Thomas. Shut up, woman. I'm not going to believe until I can put my hand in his side. So Jesus shows up and calls his bluff. 
Every one of these people lived in moments of doubt. None of them knew what Easter Sunday would bring. Yeah. Can I also point something out to you, Clayton? Black Saturday is what day of the week? Saturday. Which is what day of the Jewish calendar? Uh, Sabbath. So Messiah is doubted on Sabbath. Mm. Only to be resurrected on the Lord's day. You need the doubt. You need the pain of Good Friday. You need the doubt of Saturday. You need the joy of Easter Sunday. That's the story of Passion Week. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.